Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome all you sports fans to the show. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How are you doing on this Thursday? Don't forget that we are broadcasting from 5 to 6 p.m. on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. This is episode 471 on this Thursday, September 29th, 2022. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, Backwoods Barbecue and Planet Fitness. We have a jam-packed show today. Just a quick update. So Hurricane Ian has pushed through Florida. First of all, thoughts and prayers go out to the state of Florida, especially around the Fort Myers, Tampa area. Hopefully they're able to recover from that and you hate to see devastation like that. Hurricane Ian did affect a lot of the high school football games. In fact, we did have a Wednesday night game last night as the city of Cairo did not want to take any chances. We will get into that game. We also have a huge pennant race that is going down to the wire between the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. In fact, both games went into extra innings and it could have went either way. And we got some Thursday night football action, not only in college football, but in the NFL. So here we go. Let's go ahead and start the show. Had a busy day yesterday. As you know, I'm going around the city of Columbus trying to promote my show. I stopped by Ignite Sports at the Civic Center and just gave them a heads up that uh, I am the only podcast in Columbus that is Monday through Friday. So I'm doing this local show five days a week, and I am the exclusive podcast for local sports coverage in the Fountain City to include the Columbus River Dragons, Columbus Chattahoots, Columbus Lions, Columbus Rapids, and Columbus State University, not to mention all the high schools in the Chattahoochee Valley. I got my high school football show tomorrow. It's going to be a little bit of a condensed version because of all the changes in all the high school football games. But as we are approximately a month away from the start of the season, in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, I want to make sure that I put a face with a name and that I can get some Columbus River Dragons and the play-by-play announcer, Tom Callahan, on the show on a regular basis so we can break down River Dragons hockey. That is my goal, to be the exclusive podcast that covers the River Dragons in this city. And what I would like to do, so that is my goal I also went down to Davis Broadcasting, the home of 95.7 ESPN Radio. They have not had a local show in the afternoon since the pandemic. So we're going on two and a half years, right around the same time I've uh, started my podcast. And I just wanted to talk to the manager. I just wanted to see what was the long-term goals. What was the plan? Is there a plan in place to try to get local radio back on the air? And uh, the lady at the front desk made me fill out an application. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll fill out an application. Look, if there's an opportunity 
to have the sports beat on 95.7 ESPN Radio from 4 to 6, I am more than capable of doing that. There's a lot of broadcasters in Columbus that are more than capable of doing that. And we can all work together. I don't have to be the main guy. I'm actually very experienced with producing. We have got to get a local sports talk show five days a week in Columbus. And that is my goal. That is my vision. I'm going to try to work hard to get that on the air. It doesn't necessarily have to be me running the show, but it would be nice. Well, first of all, before I start the show, I received news last night that uh, Coolio passed away. The rapper from the mid-90s died at the age of 59. Oh, he was my soundtrack in high school in the mid-90s. We all know the songs, Gangsta's Paradise, Fantastic Voyage, One, Two, Three, Four, Something New. My, my two favorite songs by Coolio were I Remember and County Line. Uh, County Line's just got a great beat. And then, of course, he was on the compilation for the Space Jam soundtrack, Hit Him High. Scenes, scenes in the second verse, uh, right after Be Real from Cypress Hill. You know, I love Hit Him High because that song's clean. It's like I could play it. It's got a great beat. It's got great lyrics. I could play it in front of my kids. And it's also a, a motivation song, a workout song, you know, because it's the Monstars theme song. All right, let's go ahead and get into the show because we had a rare Wednesday night high school football game down in South Georgia. Let's take you all the way to Cairo, Georgia, the birthplace of Jackie Robinson. They were not taking any chances with this game and this was Shaw's first region game of the season and they fell to the syrup makers of Cairo 34 to nothing Shaw is 3 and 4 on the year 0 and 1 in region play Cairo goes to 5 and 2 overall and 1 and 0 in 4A region 1 which only has 5 teams so The margin of error is thin. I don't know how many teams from this region are going to make the playoffs. Hardaway knows they got to host Cairo next week. Shaw is taking on Bainbridge at Kennett Stadium in two weeks. So they'll have a bye next week. And then on October 14th, they will host Bainbridge. And then you got Westover. I mean, you got five teams in this region. Cairo looks like they are head and shoulders above everybody else. A lot of action in the Chattahoochee Valley tonight. This is the latest and greatest update that I got from WRBL. A big shout out to Rex Castillo and Jack Patterson for working hard to make sure that we have the right schedule. The high school football show will go on as planned tomorrow, but it's going to be more of a recap of these games that are happening tonight and then previewing the minimal games that are on Friday night. As it stands, Corey and I are still going to do Russell County Lanier as that game is going to be on as planned. I will have Corey Bank on the show later for the Daily Dash. We will have our NFL picks, but let's go down the list, starting with LaGrange up here at Callaway Stadium. You get a rare doubleheader action at Callaway Stadium. North Clayton taking on Troop County, the 5-0 Troop County Tigers. They look like the best team in the region, and they also look like a team that could compete for a state title. Now, North Clayton's no slouch, but they are one of the teams that did not make the playoffs in this region. Kickoff will be at 5 p.m. 
And then, immediately after that game, kickoff at 8 p.m., Riverdale is taking on the LaGrange Grangers. I don't know how that's going to work as far as tickets. If you go to the Troop County game, you might have an opportunity just to stay for the LaGrange game without paying for it. So that's a pretty cool doubleheader. And then you also have Callaway that is taking on Columbia in Decatur. Down in Columbus tonight, you have Spencer taking on Jordan at A.J. McClung Memorial Stadium. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. Jordan did get their first points last week against Shaw, but it has been growing pains for the Jordan Red Jackets taking on a region foe in 2A in the Spencer Green Wave. Spencer right now in the driver's seat. They are 2-0 in the region, but 3-2 overall. And they've had a tough schedule. This game was supposed to be at Kinnett Stadium on Friday. It has been moved to Thursday. It's a region game. Ace Charter taking on Kendrick High School at Kinnett Stadium at 7 p.m. Kendrick is looking for their first victory of the season as the Kendrick Cherokees try to get something going in 2A. Down the road in Ellaville, this looked like at one time a potential high school game of the week candidate. Chatco taking on Schley County. Chatco's 3-2 on the season. Schley County is 3-2 on the season. You got Manchester High School hosting Macon County tonight. You got Community Christian taking on Calvary Christian in Columbus. Moving over to the other side of the river, the Central Red Devils, after losing to IMG Academy last week, 41-26, they travel all the way down to Dothan, Alabama to take on the surprising 5-1 Dothan Wolves. Central is 4-2 as they try to build momentum in region play. The surprising Beauregard Hornets. 5-0, fresh off a bye, taking on Sylacauga tonight. And then Carroll is taking on the 4-1 Eufaula Tigers. So on tomorrow's show, I'm going to recap all those games. Some of the other games, these are road contests. Harris County is going to go up I-85 to Tyrone to take on Sandy Creek. Remember, Sandy Creek got a big win over Collins Hill, the defending 7A state champions for the state of Georgia. Lochapoca. The poke away is working and it works on the road as well. They travel up to Calhoun. You got Notasalga traveling up to Verbena. Lynette taking on Real Town. That was another candidate for high school game of the week. And then Beulah taking on the surprising Dadeville Tigers, who are 5-0. and So I will keep you posted with all the high school games that is going on. We'll recap the games from tonight and i will preview some of the games for friday to include the high school game of the week auburn and opelika so on the show tomorrow not only will Corey bank join me for the preview of russell county and lanier but jared dillard the voice of the columbus lions and works in the multimedia department section at auburn high school he will be joining me to preview auburn and opelika which is the sports beats high school game of the week All right, like I always do right around this time, go vote on Twitter for the high school game of the week for week eight. We have got a lot of great choices to include Northside at Harris County. You got the battle for the Brucelli jug. St. Ampicelli at Brookstone. You got Lafayette at Lynette and Smith Station at Opelika. Plenty of time to vote 
I'll keep that Twitter poll open for seven days. And then on next week's show, I will reveal what game is the Sports Beats High School Game of the Week. I'm also going to have the Sports Beats High School Player of the Year. I'm going to start bringing that poll out on Twitter. And uh, some of the choices are Teo Todd for Troop County, Malachi Hosley for Northside, Jaden Mason for Calvary Christian, and uh, I got to throw in somebody else. So I could throw in uh, Tamarian Parker for Central. I mean, Central's got dudes. They got Tamarian Parker. They got Carmelo English. They got AJ Harris. I'm thinking maybe JC Hart for Lochapoca. I'm thinking about doing a poll and recognizing the sports beats high school player of the year. I want to try to see Teo Todd in person. I've already seen Malachi Hosley in person. I want to see Teo Todd in person. I think it would be a great opportunity to go down to Callaway Stadium tonight since that game is at 5. I know a lot of people in LaGrange getting off work early to try to make it to that game, but we should have a packed house at Callaway Stadium to witness in person the Teo Todd experience. I think that this is such a dynamic player that could lead the Troop County Tigers to a state title or at least get very close, and they take on North Clayton tonight at Callaway Stadium. We had a lot of action in Major League Baseball last night. Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run, which ties Roger Maris for the Yankees' single-season all-time home run lead. A lot of baseball purists think that this is the record. In a way, I tend to agree. I mean, say what you want about the steroid era. It happened. I get it. It's part of baseball. It really is. I mean, we were fascinated with McGuire and Sosa. I mean, I was. Yes, Barry Bonds does have the home run record with 73 home runs. But this is a Yankees record. It's more hallowed than a single season home run record. And uh, Aaron Judge has an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to break Roger Maris's home run record. Baseball last night was just crazy. The Washington Nationals defeat the Braves 3-2 in extra innings. Meanwhile, the New York Mets come back and defeat the Miami Marlins 5-4 in extra innings after putting up two runs in the 7th and two runs in the 8th. I tell you, I seriously thought Miami was up 4 to nothing, and I was scoreboard watching the Braves and the Nationals. I thought the Braves were going to have a one-game lead going into this three-game series with the Mets. That's not the case. The Atlanta Braves are one game behind the New York Mets for the NL East. This is the right to have the number two seed and have an opportunity to not have to face the Dodgers in the division series. Look, I know the Atlanta Braves will do well in the postseason if they get the first wild card, which would mean they would be the number four seed and all the games would be at Truett's Park against the San Diego Padres. They want to try to avoid playing the Dodgers in the NLDS. That's just my opinion. There's a big difference between the number two seed and the number four seed. We have NFL tonight, and if you have an Amazon subscription, you can watch this game. The undefeated Miami Dolphins taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, who are one and two. The Bengals are favored by three and a half. This is a showdown between Tua Tungavailova and Joe Burrow. You can't beat this matchup. I love this matchup between these two quarterbacks. And I, luckily, I do have an Amazon subscription. I'll be watching that game on my phone. We got college football tonight. South Carolina State taking on South Carolina. And Utah State taking on BYU. Looking at Friday's matchups, we got Tulane taking on Houston. 
Rex Castillo's alma mater, UTSA, taking on MTSU, which they lose to James Madison, but they beat the Miami Hurricanes. MTSU is like the biggest mystery. And my wife's cousin went to MTSU and his whole family roots for Miami. So that must have been awkward for him. San Diego State taking on Boise State. Washington and UCLA, I think uh, 20,000. I think the over and under for fans at the Rose Bowl, I'm going to put it at 20,000. I'm going to say under. So I will get on the show on Monday and I will tell you exactly what the attendance was at the UCLA game. At this point, I'm just making fun of attendance at college football games in California because that's all I can do right now. And look, I got friends from California that actually got their feelings hurt because I said that California does not care about college football. Get over it. You don't care about college football. Just admit it. I admit I didn't really pay attention to college football as much as the NFL when I was living in California, but I was still a Stanford fan. I still watched them that whole decade with Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw going to BCS games and winning the Rose Bowl with great players like Christian McCaffrey and Toby Gerhardt and pretty much tied in you, Zach Ertz, Kobe Fleener, Levine Toloilo. And, and I forgot about Andrew Luck, too. I mean, he was a great quarterback. New Mexico taking on UNLV, 2-2, two and two, taking on the surprising UNLV running Rebels, who are 3-1. and one. Let's look at some of the action for college football on Saturday. Michigan taking on Iowa. I'm telling you, I'm calling upset alert. Iowa is a very tough place to play. I know Michigan's favored by 11, but I think that Iowa gets the victory here. Kentucky and Ole Miss, it's in Oxford. Both teams are 4-0. Oklahoma taking on TCU. Purdue taking on Minnesota. Texas Tech taking on Kansas State. Georgia State taking on Army, Illinois taking on Wisconsin, Louisville taking on Boston College, Navy and Air Force. Then you got Temple and Memphis, Texas State and James Madison. Don't look now, but James Madison, look who they've beaten. They have beaten MTSU and they've beaten Appalachian State. They're off to a great start. Oregon State taking on Utah. You got Alabama and Arkansas. That is the 330 CBS game. Rutgers and Ohio State. Oklahoma and Baylor, Wake Forest and Florida State. You know, Florida State is having their best season since 2016. That was the last time they had a winning record. That's the last time when they had Jimbo Fisher as the head coach. Willie Taggart era, and now Mike Norville. He was almost ran out of town. Sometimes you got to stay with a coach to trust the process. You got Georgia Southern taking on Coastal Carolina, which 4-0 right now, Coastal Carolina. Texas A&M taking on Mississippi State, LSU, and Auburn. Is T.J. Finley going to be ready? Because I think T.J. Finley gives Auburn their best shot to win the game, and LSU's favored by nine. So look out. That could be a game that could get out of hand pretty quickly for the Auburn Tigers. Georgia at Missouri. Can Georgia clean up their mistakes? I think you just need to use Brock Bowers as a weapon. Put him in the backfield. Just give the ball to Brock Bowers because he is the ultimate weapon for Georgia, but you don't want to overuse him because he is projected to be the number one tight end coming into the 2024 NFL draft. Of course, remember, he's not eligible because last year he was a true freshman. He's not eligible until 2024. Georgia Tech taking on Pitt. They got a new interim coach. They have to go to a hostile environment in Heinz Field to take on the Pitt Panthers. 
Arizona State and USC. USC is a top 10 team, which I think they have a tough schedule with Utah and Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is going to be improved. They're just going to continue to get better. So there's a chance that USC could lose some games, but there's also a chance that USC could be undefeated. So I think that's going to be a good matchup. And then Stanford and Oregon. You do have some Sunday games that have been moved to Sunday because of Hurricane Ian. Eastern Washington going to the Swamp to take on the Florida Gators. And SMU taking on Central Florida. That was a quick rundown of all the college football games for Week 5. And I absolutely love college football. Let's talk about some of the games for the NFL. Remember, I'm running down college football and NFL on this show because on tomorrow's show, I have my Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for all the high school games in the Chattahoochee Valley. You got the Vikings and the Saints playing in London, and the Minnesota Vikings are favored by two and a half. I like the Vikings in that game. You got the Cleveland Browns taking on the Falcons. The Browns are favored. I think the Browns have just too much talent, and they're not going to be imitated by that home field advantage in Atlanta. It's not much of a home field advantage. The Falcons don't really do well at home. I think the Browns win that game. The Cowboys are going to beat the Commanders, and Cooper Rush is going to lead the Cowboys to a 3-1 and season so far. Seattle and Detroit, I think the Lions win that game. Tennessee and Indianapolis, I think Matt Ryan has found something. I think that Indianapolis could be one of the favorites in this division. One of these games that I really like is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Philadelphia Eagles. Can Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who knocked off the Los Angeles Chargers last week, go into Philly and knock off the Eagle from the ranks of the unbeaten? Then you have the Chicago Bears taking on the New York Giants. Both quarterbacks are going to struggle. Justin Fields actually has the least amount of passes and the least amount of percentage of passes that are on target. Look, the Bears are 2-1. and one. They're doing it with their defense. They're doing it with their special teams. Don't ask me how they're doing it, but they're doing it. And plus, they have a win over the 49ers. That was a very sloppy, ugly win. You got the Jets taking on the Steelers. Both are 1-2. and two. Bills taking on the Ravens. This is a very interesting game. Buffalo and Baltimore. And I'm a little nervous because I have Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team. He's been giving me at least 40 points consistently. It's in Baltimore, but I think the Buffalo Bills get the victory there. The Los Angeles Chargers and the Houston Texans, I think the Chargers win because they were embarrassed by Jacksonville. What do good teams do after an embarrassing loss? They bounce back and they make adjustments. Arizona and Carolina, both teams are not very good, but I think that Arizona wins because they have the better quarterback. A matchup between two Oklahoma quarterbacks, I like that. Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, both Heisman Trophy winners for the University of Oklahoma. All right, New England and Green Bay. Uh, Mac Jones might not play. He has been listed as day-to-day. So Brian Hoyer will get the start. And Bill Belichick. Can you imagine a Bill Belichick team going 1-3? and three? They have to go to Lambeau to take on a Packers team that looks like they figured out their way. As Romeo Dobbs looks like Aaron Rodgers' favorite target as they went into Tampa. Even though that was an injury-riddled Buccaneers team, they got the victory. The Broncos taking on the Raiders. I don't know how Josh McDaniel survives this season. Devontae Adams is calling out the team. The Las Vegas Raiders are 0-3. Here's something I saw on Twitter that I thought it was funny. That Josh McDaniels would get fired from Vegas and Bill Belichick would just hire him as the office of coordinator. 
<laughs> I thought that was funny. It's so true, though. I think if, if it doesn't work out with the Raiders, Josh McDaniels is back in New England as the offensive coordinator. I almost can guarantee it. The Patriots do that. If it doesn't work out, like with Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, the Patriots just rehire him. No worries. It's okay. You, you did a good job as the offensive coordinator. The Sunday night game is the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buccaneers. Patrick Mahomes taking on Tom Brady. Maybe the Buccaneers team is a better team with Mike Evans. They did not look very good against Green Bay. But Kansas City looks vulnerable on the road as Indy was able to upset them. I don't see an Andy Reid team losing too straight. I think that the Chiefs get the road victory. And then I'll have plenty of time on Monday's show to talk about the 49ers and Rams. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, but they will not have Trent Williams for an entire month as he is gone for four to six weeks. They won't have Elijah Mitchell. They won't have Ashiz Alshair, their talented linebacker. I know that the 49ers do very well against the Rams in the regular season, but the Rams are starting to find their groove. I mean, how are you going to stop Cooper Cup? They don't have Kwan Williams anymore. I think the Rams actually win that game. Well, the 49ers are favored by one and a half. I don't know. I take the Rams and the points. Because after the 49ers game against the Rams, their schedule gets a little bit easier. Even though their next two road games, look at their next two road games the 49ers have. At Carolina and at Atlanta. Two winnable games for the 49ers. All right. I do want to give a shout out to the Georgia Vipers. They are the semi-professional basketball team out of the Professional Basketball Association based out of Columbus, Georgia. As they grow their brand, I really enjoy what the co-owners, Dr. Tasha Mahone and Angela Daniels Culliver, have done with the Vipers. I've had point guard Cortez Chaney on the show, and they went to Dallas. And unfortunately, they did lose in the Final Four at Dallas, but they did win the Southeast Region Championship for the Summer League. As they get ready for the fall league coming up, I am looking forward to just seeing this wonderful product grow even further. I try to give them love on my podcast as much as I can because I believe in what they're doing. And I think that the Georgia Vipers can be that fifth professional franchise in the city of Columbus. We already have four that are well-known, but I want to make sure that the Georgia Vipers are well-known in the Fountain City. The Major League Soccer season is almost coming to a close, and Atlanta United is holding on for their playoff lives. If you look at the table right now, they are currently in ninth place in the Eastern Conference, and they are two points back from Inter-Miami and the Columbus Crew. So pretty much what has to happen is they got to win out. Atlanta takes on New England this Saturday, and then after that, They take on the defending MLS champions, NYCFC, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on October the 9th on a Sunday. So that's your final shot to see Atlanta United. They got to win out to make the playoffs. I think they can do it. I'm a huge Atlanta United fan, and I want to see them do well. I know that they've had a tough season, especially with injuries to Joseph Martinez and injuries to their goalkeeper, Brad Guzan. But Atlanta United is a good soccer team that has a passionate fan base, and I just want to see Atlanta United get back to their glory days when they won the MLS Cup in 2018. As we've had NBA Media Day and training camp is getting ready to start, the NBA preseason is about to start, 
I'm going to make a bold prediction on this show. You know me. I'm the king of bold predictions. The Sacramento Kings are going to make the playoffs. They are going to finally snap the longest playoff drought in NBA history. They have not made the playoffs since 2006. But my question is, if they get into the play-in game, does that count as snapping the playoff streak? Looking at the teams that are not going to make the playoffs this year, Utah, Houston, Oklahoma City, but you look at teams that could replace the Utah Jazz that were in the playoffs last year, Sacramento is one of them. I just think that the core of players that the Kings have, I mean, they have some top 100 players. And with Mike Brown as their head coach, he is a good head coach. I know he was following a legend in Phil Jackson with the Los Angeles Lakers, but he did lead the young LeBron team when he played for Cleveland to the NBA Finals in 2007. And he was an assistant under head coach Steve Kerr in Golden State. I think that Mike Brown is ready to turn things around in Sacramento. Look, they have a good point guard, De'Aaron Fox. They have a good backup point guard in Davion Mitchell. I think that Keegan Murray could be on the all-rookie team this season. Domitatis Sabonis is an all-star from the Indiana Pacers. I think he is going to have a bounce-back season. And Harrison Barnes has got championship experience with the Golden State Warriors. He is a good two-way player. Say what you want about the Sacramento Kings and their entire decade of whiffing on lottery picks. I get it. Willie Cauley-Stein, Ben McLemore, Jimmer Fredette, Nick Stauskas, Thomas Robinson... The list goes on and on. I once was a Sacramento Kings fan when I lived in Sacramento from 1997 to 2005. And that was the height of their popularity. They were considered the greatest show on court. I don't think they'll ever get back to that level. But I at least think they have enough pieces to make the playoffs. Look, I believe the West is down this year. You know that San Antonio is not going to make the playoffs. You know that... Utah is not going to make the playoffs. you got some teams right there. At least the Sacramento Kings will get into the playing game. But I am going to get here on the show and make my bold prediction that the Sacramento Kings will make the playoffs for the 2022-2023 NBA season. I'm so excited about the NBA season. I cannot wait. You know, it's like weeks away. I mean, we have NBA preseason games this Friday. We got the Golden State Warriors taking on the Washington Wizards in Japan. You can watch that game on NBA TV. I actually think the Warriors are going to be favorites to repeat as NBA champions. Look who's coming back. Andre Iguodala is coming back for a 19th season. The former NBA Finals MVP. And you got a healthy James Wiseman coming back as well. I think the development of Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody will help. And they have Jordan Poole off the bench. You can never count out the Golden State Warriors. I just hope that they can dominate the Western Conference, and and if you're a Lakers fan and you think there's hope because Anthony Davis is going to be healthy, it's not going to work with Russell Westbrook. They're going to have to part ways with Russell Westbrook. They have Patrick Beverly. Let Patrick Beverly be the starting point guard. Get some pieces, some young perimeter defenders, some 3 and D guys that can defend the perimeter and shoot the lights out of the basketball because that is how the Lakers are going to get back to winning an NBA title. I still think they'll make the playoffs with a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis, but they're not winning an NBA title as long as they have Russell Westbrook on that team. 
Oh, there's just so much sports action here in the Chattahoochee Valley. I'm going to break all of it down. I'm excited when the calendar turns to October because that's when we will find out when the Columbus Rapids are going to play in the regular season. We do know for sure their first preseason game is December the 1st. And I'm hoping to get some Columbus Rapids on the show and hoping that we can break down the upcoming 2022-2023 season in the National Indoor Soccer League. We have had a great show. We have had a fun show. Now it's time to bring on my co-host, Corey Bank, for the Daily Dash so we can get these football picks out of the way. We will be right back with Corey. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back. Yeah. Stick around. Welcome back to the show. It is time for the Daily Dash with my co-host, Corey Bank. Corey, we're about to make some football picks for the National Football League. You've already got the four games. So let's go ahead and get started with All right. Well, we got to start with the local team. The Atlanta Falcons are hosting the Cleveland Browns. After coming off their first victory over Seattle 27 to 23, they're taking on a Browns team with an extra couple days to prepare for this game after beating the Steelers at home. The Browns have talent everywhere. They have Nick Chubb at the running back position. They got Miles Garrett. They got Denzel Ward at great corner. They've got Jacoby Brissett, who's a pretty decent quarterback who's weathering the storm until Deshaun Watson gets here. The Browns are favored by one and a half. I'm actually calling the road victory for the Cleveland Browns. I think the Browns get the victory over the Falcons because the Falcons don't have much of a home field advantage. Who do you have in this game? So, the Atlanta Falcons are really coming together in this one. And last week, Marcus Mariota has really stepped up, truly. And Cordell Patterson was really there at the call, having a, a tremendous rushing day. And he's finally getting it together with his tangible tight end, really strong tight end, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. He finally got it together, and their defense is really dialing at all cylinders. Uh, Rasheen Evans was really tackling well, and so was Mikel Walker in the football game in that regard. But then on the other side, it was in regards to a Browns team like Jacoby Brissett was actually bringing things together. Nick Chubb led the offense rushing for five yards per carry, 113 yards in the game. Amari Cooper was averaging 14 yards a catch, had 101 yards on the game. Jacoby Brissett threw for two touchdowns and those Browns team uh, was really dialing up at all cylinders on the defensive side of the ball. Miles Garrett was clogging up the holes. But in this game, I think the Falcons are going to keep moving forward. I think they're going to get the win this one. That is a good pick. Normally, I would go with the home team, but they've had a bad history with the Browns in the past at home, and they don't have much of a home field advantage. So moving on to we're going to go up north your neck of the woods just about up into the city of brotherly love where the undefeated philadelphia eagles led by jalen hurts and that rushing attack taking on the surprising two and one jacksonville jaguars who got a big road victory over the los angeles chargers you got a battle of two quarterbacks it looks like that trevor lawrence is coming in his own 
with Doug Peterson, the current Jaguars head coach, taking on his former team. Uh, Corey, I expect the Philly fans to boo him. I don't know why. He won him a Super Bowl. But you know they're going to boo Doug Peterson. Uh, I think that the Jaguars are going to shock some people and get the victory over Philly, knocking them out from the ranks of the unbeaten. Corey, who you got in this game? I know I'm going out on a limb here, but uh, are you going to go with the home favorite here? So the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming off to, into, to this matchup with a 2-1 record. In the last contest, the Jaguars went up against the Chargers, and they took care of them on a 38-10 victory. Trevor Lawrence finished the game with 28-39 to completion percentage, threw for 262 yards, and aired it out on three touchdowns. And James Robinson led the offense in rushing for the Jaguars, 17 carries, 100 yards, six yards per carry rush. Zay Jones uh, had 10 catches for 85 yards. The Jaguars ran the football 36 different times in the game, all together for 151 yards. They were really getting it down on the run game and really controlling the clock in that regard. Now, as for your Eagles, Jalen Hurts, what can I say? He's looked impeccable in these last first three games in this season. He was 22-35, three touchdowns in the game. And you can't forget that Miles Sanders did something in the run game. It wasn't much, but they established something in the game in that regard. But Devontae Smith finally coming to his own as his Philadelphia Eagle flyer. Eight catches, 169 yards in the game last week. The Eagles finished with 400 yards total in the ball game. And Richard, in this one, I'm going to have to say the Eagles are going to continue the rev hot. Rev hot. And they're going to take the win in this one. That's a good pick, Corey. I'm going against the grain. I don't know why. It's just a... An opposite day, like George Costanza in the last episode of uh, season four. I'm just going the opposite. Anyway, here we go. This is my favorite game of the week. This could be a preview of the AFC championship game. The Buffalo Bills traveling to Baltimore. Josh Allen taking on Lamar Jackson. Oh, this is going to be a great game. The Bills are a road favorite. They're favored by three trying to bounce back from their loss to Miami, although they had a lot of defensive players that are out. They're going to be out. They're going to be without Micah Hyde, their talented safety, who's out for the season. Buffalo is starting to get things going with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, but Lamar Jackson can outduel Josh Allen if needed, and J.K. Dobbins could be coming back into the lineup for Baltimore. I'm actually going to pick Baltimore in this game, and I'm not saying that because Lamar Jackson's on my fantasy team. I think that the Ravens are starting to turn a corner. I think that Lamar Jackson, he is on a mission. I mean, he's trying to get paid. And Lamar Jackson is going to find a way. He finds receivers, and he's able to make weapons out of out of any receiver that Baltimore has. He's also a pretty good pocket passer he doesn't have to run with a football but Corey, who do you have in this game so the buffalo bills led by a notoriously dynamic quarterback josh allen he went 42 63 for 400 yards last week and threw two dimes he rushed for 47 himself 
but he was able to distribute his wealth to three different pass catchers last week. Devin Singletary, running back, who finished the game with nine catches for 78 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie, seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. And who else are we going to forget but his dynamic receiver, his most dependable target all year long, all pro wide out, Stephon Diggs, who finished the contest with seven catches for 74 yards. So I have to say in this one, Buffalo really have been dialing it up. Even though they have lost to Miami last week, their defense is still stout. The linebackers are filling holes. They will come at you. They will blitz you hard, and they're really great in secondary. Now for this Ravens team, Lamar Jackson ran the rock 11 times for 107 yards, once again showing how impeccable he is, dynamic through the air, dynamic in the running game. He also threw for four touchdowns in the game, 18 of 29, 218 yards. And in that regard, they really are getting it going and dialing it up. Like you said, Richard, Lamar Jackson wants to get paid. He wants to get that extension, and he wants to become the quarterback that's getting paid the most ever to play in the National Football League. So the Baltimore Ravens are on a mission, and you got tight end Mark Andrews, his dynamic target as always, all-pro player, great blocker. And when you get it out on the routes, whether it's a flat route, a slant route, or even a seam route up the middle, those Ravens are at their best at that given point in time. But in this game, I do think the Bills are going to win this one. All right, great pick. So right now we have been complete opposites in our pick. This should be an interesting Monday. Let's go to the Sunday night football game. This is a rematch of Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady taking on Patrick Mahomes in Tampa. It might be in Minnesota. They're talking about moving the game because of Hurricane Ian. We'll keep an eye on that, but you got both teams coming off of losses. Kansas City loses in heartbreak to the Indianapolis Colts. Tampa Bay did not have Mike Evans, and Tom Brady is trying to bounce back from that game. Tampa Bay still has a great defense, and Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes. He finds a way to win no matter who his receiver is, even though if he's chirping on the sidelines with the offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Patrick Mahomes is going to compete. Kansas City is favored by one. I'm going to take the Chiefs here because I think that Patrick Mahomes, after a loss, he is going to find a way to win this game. Uh, You're going to see a lot of Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's going to pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. And Andy Reid coming off a loss. I mean, I would not count against the Buccaneers here. I would not count against the Kansas City Chiefs here. Even though the Buccaneers, 2-1, and one, and we still don't know the health of some of Tom Brady's weapons. Will they have Julio Jones? Will they have Chris Godwin? We don't know if Mike Evans is going to be. Well, Mike Evans will be back because he was suspended for one game. I got the Chiefs in this one, Corey, but who do you have? The Kansas City Chiefs were led by quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who went 20-35 of 35 for 262 and a touchdown in the game, and also threw an interception, but at the same time, he had a dynamic pass catcher by the name of Travis Kelsey, who in the last decade is the best at what he does in the position, 
And too many people talk about only his pass-catching abilities, but the guy can straight-up block. He can really wreak havoc. Now, at the same time, you got wide receiver speedster flyer, Juju Smith-Suster. When you get this guy out in space, he's able to take it to the house. He has five catches for 89 yards last week. And uh, you have a linebacker like Darius Harris, who is able to survey sideline to sideline for this team and fill holes. He had seven tackles last week. The Bucks are led by Tom Brady, legendary quarterback, indeed. But the story is Leonard Fournette, your workhorse back. You give that ball, you give that guy the ball 25 to 30 times a game. He's going to wear out defenses, and he's going to make it easier for Tom Brady to make his throws. Like you said, Richard, we don't know what the status is with Chris Godwin. We don't know the status is with Julio Jones. Mike Evans is finally coming back from his suspension. But all in all, you got to look at this defense. And you got to depend on linebacker Devin White, who is one of the best linebackers in the game. So in this game, it's very unclear for this Buccaneer team. And that is why I have to take the Chiefs in this one. All right, great pick. We actually agree on that one. I'm looking forward to uh, Monday's show as we, we preview the 49ers-Rams. I didn't have that game in my picks, uh, but that will be the Monday night game. So uh, and looking forward to uh, having you back on the show tomorrow for the high school football preview review show where we will recap the Russell County Valley game and preview the game that is still going to be on Friday, Russell County versus Lanier. And we're still going to watch the weather forecast for Hurricane Ian. Be safe out there. I will see you back on the show tomorrow. And then I will look forward to seeing you up in the broadcast booth down in the county between Russell County and the Poets of Lanier. Absolutely, Richard. All right, Corey. So one more thing before I let you go. So, you know, Coolio passed away last night. You remember Coolio in the in the nineties, or is this before your time? Because well, you're a young guy. You're what, twenty eight? Yes, yeah, I know who he is. So, what was your favorite Coolio song? Did you like Coolio? I didn't really care for him. Okay, well, Coolio had a major impact on my life because I had a, a lot of my friends in high school listen to Alternative. They listened to Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins, Oasis, but they liked Coolio. They were listening to Gangsters Paradise, and I was like, "Wow, you guys don't even like rap." You guys are listening to Gangster's Paradise? This is awesome. And so, yeah, Coolio's going to be missed, 59 years old. Uh, Gangster's Paradise, probably the soundtrack of the mid-90s. Uh, also, I love Fantastic Voyage. I loved, uh, you know, his county lines, uh, one, two, three, four, something new. And uh, I, I just, I started the show today paying tribute to Coolio. I know he doesn't have anything to do with sports. But if you know the movie Space Jam with Michael Jordan in 1996, again, I know it's before your time, Coolio was part of the Hit Him High uh, Monsters Anthem. He, he does the second verse. One of the greatest pumped-up, hyped-up rap songs of all time, and it's also clean, so I actually was playing it in front of my kids. So, so yeah, he will be missed. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, Corey, you be safe out there. I know that Hurricane Ian is... I've already passed uh, Fort Myers. I know that you have family down there. Just thoughts and prayers goes out to the, the whole community of Florida in the wake of uh, Hurricane Ian. We greatly appreciate that. All right. That was my co-host, Corey Bank, for The Daily Dash. 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook and Twitter. And also, we are now on iHeartRadio. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for the High School Football Preview Review Show Friday Night Lights for tomorrow. And I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.